This program features interviews with respected healthcare industry experts on current topics of substantial national importance. Your host for the program is David Intricasso, a DC-based healthcare policy analyst and researcher. We invite you to comment on the program by visiting thehealthcarepolicypodcast.com. Now, here's David. Welcome to the Healthcare Policy Podcast. Again, I'm the host, David Intracasso. During this podcast, we'll discuss the Medicare Value-Based Modifier, or VM program, with Kelly Cleary, a DC-based healthcare attorney with the firm Aiken Gump. Kelly, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. Ms. Cleary's bio is, as always, posted on the podcast website. I'll note first that Ms. Cleary's comments are her own. On background, my last three podcast posts have concerned how the proposed macro rule will incent or improve Medicare performance, quality measures, and measuring for value or outcomes over spending. I thought it would make sense to discuss CMS's current program that annually updates Medicare physician payments based on quality and value. The VM program began in 2008 under the Medicare Improvements for Patients and Providers Act. Its main goal then was to give providers information about the quality and cost of care providers furnished to their Medicare beneficiaries via what are termed quality and resource use reports, or QRURs. In 2010, the VM program was updated under the ACA. Though related, the value-based modifier program is separate from payment adjustment and incentives under the Physician Quality Reporting System, or PQRS. Under 2015 MACRA legislation, the VM program will persist through 2018. With me again to discuss the program is Kelly Cleary. So Kelly, with that as background, uh, let's start with the basic question, the mechanics of the program. So how does the VM program currently work or under the changes, as I noted, or updates, as I noted, made under the ACA or Section 3007? Sure. So the value modifier adjusts what Medicare pays for items and services furnished under the physician fee schedule. So it's an adjustment made um, on a per-claim basis. Um, And how um, the Medicare program defines value is um, quality of care as compared to the cost of care. So there's a um, payment differential um, based on the quality of care furnished as compared to the cost of care during a performance period. Um, The program is budget neutral, meaning that um, under the value modifier, Medicare expenditures don't increase or decrease by virtue of the modifier, but uh, rather expenditures are shifted from low performers to high performers. Um, So how CMS goes about identifying, you know, who's a low performer and who's a high performer um, relates to performance on measures of uh, of quality and and cost. So um, what CMS is looking at in terms of quality performance is the information that's um, collected from physicians that satisfactorily report on uh, a minimum number of measures through the Physician Quality Reporting System, or PQRS, that you mentioned. Um, the, the inventory of measures is, is pretty big uh, for 
the, the 2014 performance period, which is tied to the payment adjustment year, which we're in right now, 2016, there were about um, 287 measures, um, and they kind of they there are different types of measures. Some of them are process measures, um, for instance, the percentage of patients with heart disease who are prescribed aspirin. Um, other measures are outcome measures, like the percentage of patients who had better vision after cataract surgery. Um, so that's the, the quality piece. And then the cost piece, uh, CMS is looking at um, three distinct um, measures of resource use. So total per capita cost um, for beneficiaries that have been attributed to a physician, total per capita cost for beneficiaries who have certain chronic conditions, and then the third measure is Medicare spending per beneficiary, which is an episode-based measure that looks at all the spending that happens um, between a, a, a hospital admission and um, up, up to a certain point thereafter. So those are the metrics that uh, CMS looks at, um, and how the scoring works is CMS essentially puts physicians into um, to one of two buckets. So the first bucket is for those physicians that did not satisfactorily participate in PQRS. Physicians in that bucket uh, received the automatic maximum penalty for the year, which was negative 2% for 2016. And physicians in the other bucket, who did report, they are tiered. So uh, either high, low, or average based on their performance on, on cost and quality measures during a performance year. Um, so if you, if you fall into the low quality, high cost tier, you get um, a, the full penalty, a 2% downward rate adjustment to your payment rate. Uh, if you were high quality and low cost, you would get an you got an upward rate adjustment of two times whatever uh, the adjustment factor is, which um, varies depending on um, how much CMS collects uh, from the low performers. So it's uh, minus and plus, and the 2016 adjustment is based on 2014 performance, as you noted. So, clarifying question: Does this apply to all Medicare uh, physicians in this? payment year of 2016? No, so the value modifier is being implemented gradually. So um, the first year it was applied uh, was 2015, last year, and in, in that year it hit the large groups of 100 or more. This year it's applying to groups of 10 or more, so it's, it's expanded pretty significantly. Um, and the next year it will be fully implemented and it'll apply to um, all groups, large and small, as well as solo practitioners. So in 2017, uh, uh, the payments will be based, again, on 2015, but uh, all physicians will be included under the VM. That is correct. And that in includes um, physicians who participate in Medicare Shared Savings ACOs. They've been um, exempted to date, um, but they will be roped in starting in the um, 
in the final payment year, the 2017 payment year. Um, CMS is going to continue to waive application of the modifier for certain kinds of models, so pioneer ACOs, um, comprehensive primary care initiative participants, other participants in certain kinds of innovation center models um, will not be um, will not be graded on their on their cost and quality performance under the value modifier program. Okay, thank you. Let, let's go to actual performance. So, again, we're, the performance and payment is two years apart. So, what do we know about performance uh, for t- the performance year 2014, which, of course, affects 2016 payment? How do physicians do in performance year 2014? Well, um, CMS has only released aggregate data on performance from 20, um, 2015, but those those results were interesting for um, for a few reasons. So, first, you had roughly 40% of the groups that were subject to the value modifier um, falling into the non-reporter bucket. So, these are these are groups that um, didn't either didn't even attempt to report or uh, attempted to report but did not meet the minimum reporting requirements. Um, so all of these groups got uh, got dinged with an automatic negative two percent rate reduction on top of anything any uh, adjustments for under the PQRS program, which is just separate. So um, so that created a, a very large pool of money to be distributed to the to the top performers. Um, which leads to the next kind of interesting piece of this, which is that only about uh, 128 groups out of the 80, over 8,300 that did report were deemed top performers. So they got an upward rate adjustment. Um, so that's, that's 1.5% out of all the groups um, that, that reported that distributed this kind of big payment pool uh, of of downward rate adjustments that CMS had, had collected or, or, or is planning on collecting. Um, and then of those that did see um, the upward payment adjustments, they those were very sizable. So um, some of the upward rate adjustments were 16%. Um, so that's a 16% bump in um, all the position fee schedule um, payments for the year. And then some even got a 32% bump in payments, so really, really significant. And then those that did did report and were graded or tiered, um, less than 1% of those groups were uh, penalized for poor, poor performance. So the, the big percent in all this other than the, those that succeeded and got a double-digit uh, update is this 40% because this has implications, certainly, under macro MIPS reporting. I, I realize this calls for some speculation, but what's your guess relative to uh, what explains this 40%? Now, again, some of that can be attributed to those who actually tried to report but didn't meet the standard. Uh, but what's your understanding of, of this 40%? So um, my understanding of this 40% is that a lot of these are, are 
groups that just decided, made a determination that they were not going to go through the hassle of reporting. So I, I while I suspect that there are some that, you know, did, did attempt to report, um, but something went wrong in the process, I think the vast majority of these are groups that, that did not report. And um, as you suggest, it's, um, it's very telling um, because we're going into a, a, a period where the value modifier is going to apply across the board. So um, it'll be very interesting to see the next, the next round of, of numbers because um, these are not good participation. Okay. I did mention in the intro the QRUR. So this is uh, the document that's forwarded uh, to physicians where CMS reports their results in reporting. Um, what's your understanding of, to the extent doctors use these or evaluate or review these uh, quality and resource use reports, how helpful are they? What's your understanding of that? From what I hear, um, well, first, a lot of um, physicians, um, large groups, and solo practitioners um, haven't even been able to access them. My, my primary care provider didn't even know what it was. Then <laughs> um, those that, you know, do know about it, um, it's, a, it's like breaking into Fort Knox to get it. Again, what I'm told, haven't tried it myself. But um, once you do get access to these quality and resource use reports, it really um, provides a breakdown of how the, the physician practice performed um, relative to their to their peers, um, and also what the um, what their payment adjustment is. Um, I, I'm also told that the level of detail in the in the in the QRURs is um, is not that helpful. Physicians often look for um, supplemental um, information through um, you know either a QIO, a you know, quality improvement organization, or um, other other organizations out there that can kind of drill down to a level of detail that um, helps make decisions um, and helps, helps to actually inform um, uh, practice improvements. Okay, thank you. So let's move to this transition period. Uh, VM, PQRS, and meaningful use will sunset. Uh, so starting, at least according to the MAC proposed rule, this coming January, reporting will be measured under MACRA MIPS. However, MACRA MIPS is really just a continuation of these three programs. You still report quality measures, resource use, and MIPS has two other categories. So there was a survey you probably were last week that something like 50 physicians Paul did not ha have any awareness of MACRA. So this gets to this 40% question. Yeah. Assuming CMS and the FAUNA rule begins MIPS MACRA reporting in January uh, or in five months, would you expect uh, because of the 40% and because there's very little awareness of the changes to all this Medicare reporting now under MACRA, would you expect this 40% of non-participation to continue? Yeah, so I, I, I do expect um, it to continue and potentially even get worse. I mean, I think the really telling um, data will be 
which physicians um, or how, what percentage of physicians reported in 2015, um, which is the year where everyone was supposed to be participating because the value modifier applies to everyone uh, in, in 2017. So mm -hmm. that data is going to be really telling. Uh, just, you know, CMS, when they um, published their proposed rule to implement MACRA, uh, came out with some, some projections as to, you know, who's going to get hit the hardest. Their famous um, impact table, yes. The CMS impact table, yes. So they've, um, they've gotten a lot of heat over this impact table um, because what it, what it shows is that over 80, they're projecting that over 80% of solo practitioners um, will get a negative adjustment under, um, under the numeric-based incentive payment system. And um, the, the smaller groups of two to nine clin clinicians, they're only slightly better under their projections. Over 60% over of those groups will see a, a, a negative payment impact. So while, while CMS has um, tried to, to discount it a little bit and say it, um, you know, this is based on 2014 information, um, I, I suspect that they are that they are worried um, at this moment because I don't I don't know that the 2015 information is going to be all that much better and, and could could even be worse. Yes, this for the listener if they're interested in the proposed rule, this is Table 64, the impact table. CMS has been making maybe my wrap-up question to you, uh, Kelly is CMS has been making some noise. The acting administrator Andy Slavitt on the Hill. Uh, last week made this point. I heard it yesterday participating on a CMS panel that the agency in the final rule may use 2017 as a transition year and this would somehow mitigate the fact that uh, either smaller practices will do worse competitively or mitigate the fact that uh, if we somehow delay we'll then um, with the delay when we do start, we'll have greater participation. Um, the downside in 19 for MIPS 2017 performance is minus 4%, so it doubles from the minus 2% under the VM. So do you think uh, we'll see, uh, with the greater downside, we'll see you know, rapid, uh, rapidly progressing physician reporting? I mean, how, how optimistic, I guess, or pessimistic are you in these transition years, 17, 18, say even 19. So how optimistic am I that there will be a transition year? Well, will or there, will, will, CMS, will CMS, will, first, first, thank you, will CMS somehow delay implementation uh, because there is such a steep learning curve and will we see greater participation under quality reporting under MACRA? Okay, so to the, to the first question, I remain skeptical um, that CMS would broadly delay um, the first performance year or, or treat it as a transitional year for every physician out there, mm -hmm. um, given the fact that a lot of physician practices, particularly the larger ones, have had some experience in the value modifier program um, and have had several years to um, invest in the, the resources they need to, to report. I, I suspect that that will be CMS's position. Could be wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I 
think the more likely, if, if they do decide to do something, I think it would be more likely narrowly targeted to those um, those smaller practices and smaller practitioners, um, since they're um, the ones that are expected to get hit the hardest. They're the ones that are the least ready, um, and it's it's expensive for these small practices to get to get up and running with quality reporting if they haven't if they haven't done so, so already. So um, that's my prediction. <laughs> Um, for, for what it's worth. And then, um, I, you know, it could, having a transition period uh, certainly could help. Um, you know, CMS has some funding to do more outreach. MACRA provided some funding for technical assistance to small practices uh, and, and rural, rural practices. It hasn't even awarded those funds yet, so those contracts I don't think are going to be awarded till the end of the year, so they can't go out into the communities until, you know, December at the earliest. Um, so there's 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 resources there um, that, if used properly, I think you know could get um, more folks up to speed and could you know make for better participation levels. Okay. Well, Kelly, we're at our time boundary, so whirlwind tour of the value-based modifier program and for that I'm genuinely appreciative so thank you for your time thank you so much for having me you have just heard another edition of the healthcare policy podcast hosted by David Intricasso to comment on this program or others to see information about upcoming interviews to suggest a program topic or to hear an archive program please visit our website thehealthcarepolicypodcast.com thank you for listening and please listen again soon